0: morning, as you said, different flavors. There's all kinds of different things. Even my message, I got like three or four different messages up here. So we'll see which one comes out. Um, Lots of different flavors. But I I love that. I love that about God. Even as we were praying this morning, uh, one of the leaders said something about how, you know, baking things, there's different elements that are put in. You wouldn't just eat a handful of cinnamon, right? Wasn't there a cinnamon challenge on like a while ago, don't do that. Um, But there's ideas where you would not eat cinnamon all by itself, but when you put it in with sugar and, uh, you know, cinnamon rolls, it's like, oh man, that's really good stuff. Um, So there's this idea that God has so many different things he wants to do. And I love how he blends them all together. He puts them together perfectly. And so even different staff and leadership and different people in our church body, we are still one, that we're still one tribe, we're still one body. And I love that. I love that God does that. Um, And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit, um, if I had to title this morning's message, um, I would call it Holy Saints Day, um, because if you guys recognize what is today, what do people call today on the calendar in America? Halloween. Does anyone know a little bit of history? I'm not going to give you tons of history. A little bit of the history of Halloween, um, that is All Hallows' Eve is where we get the name Halloween, and it was the eve of All Saints Day um, that back in about 1,200 years ago, uh, the Pope created a new... uh, holiday on the calendar and put All Saints Day as November 1st, and so there was, um, there is, Halloween is mixed with a lot of pagan, occult, demonic roots and traditions, and then there's things from 1,200 years ago where the Pope stepped in and Christians said, hey, let's redeem this, let's call something, let's create something beautiful out of this, let's make it All Saints Day, then the enemy came in, there's, you can, I'm not going to go through the whole history, but there is a lot of convoluted history with this holiday, Halloween. I have no intent on celebrating maybe what the world would call Halloween, glorifying the enemy, right? Fear, we talked about fear. I don't, uh, I don't enjoy going to fright fests and Not Scary Farm and all those things. Um, but I will say, man, as I just said, Not Scary Farm, you're getting stuck with a random story here. Um, I will say, because it's going to tie into the message, I think. Um, I've only been to one not scary farm my entire life, and I've never been to a Magic Mountain Fright Fest. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just sharing history of my life. I didn't grow up doing a lot of Halloween trick-or-treating. Didn't do that. My family didn't really participate. And then when we came to this church, there was these fall festivals. And so like, oh, well, let's go do that. And so I kind of got into that. So I know both sides. If there's people that don't really want to celebrate Halloween because there's all kinds of evil past tradition and roots, I totally understand intellectually, but let me say this. Get back to my story. I've only been to one Fright Fest my entire life, and it was when I was in high school, and I won't tell the whole story, but something beautiful happened on that weird, evil night is my wife and I became officially boyfriend and girlfriend. So even on a horrible, wicked thing, God redeemed it and made something beautiful out of it, and that's where we're going this morning. Is that Halloween, some people think, well, it's just an evil, horrible holiday. Christians should have nothing to do with it. Well, I say, why not let, let's redeem the time while the days are evil, right? It says that in 1 Corinthians, right? Uh, redeem the time, right? There's this idea that we redeem things, that we, we are able, that uh, God's word says that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. So let's find something that's evil and let's repurpose it. Uh, man, it was in one of my sermons. Let's see which one I'm coming to. Um, I'll ask you a question. Can God work together all things for good? Yes, yes he can. Do you think you and I created in his image that we actually can work all things together for good? Yes. yes. We're called to be like him. We're made in his image. We can find things that aren't good and we can make, right, lemonade out of lemons, right? We're called to do that, right? You know God's word. It says that God can take even what the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it around and make it good. So do you think you and I we can do the same thing? Yes, that's what we are doing today. That is my goal, that is my heart as a pastor, is I want to see something that maybe the world creates and makes an evil thing and the enemy loves to bring fear and all these horrible things. I'm like, yeah, but let's make it good. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make it something where Jesus' name is lifted high. Let's make it so that there's something that's attractive to who God is. Let's make it a fun day. So I am all for celebrating today, not celebrating maybe all the traditions of Halloween, but I'm all for celebrating making this a saint's day, a day where the saints are made holy, a day where the saints act like holy saints, a day where you and I, the church, radiate the goodness of Jesus. That The idea is, right, Isaiah chapter 60, you guys know it, right? Arise and shine, right? I, got, well, I think I have a slide for it, Isaiah 60. Um, it's in one of my messages, so I know it's going to be up there. Um, <laughs> Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. I feel like today, actually, in lots of ways, is not just a one-day isolated event where we are just going to say, well, there's darkness that's going on during this day, and we're going to be the light. I'm saying, let's make today a practice run of it being every day of our life, that when there's darkness that comes into our life, when the evil one comes and tempts us, when something goes wrong or hits us sideways, we're saying, wait a second, but I'm like God. I can make this turn out for good. I can see what, this was definitely not God's work. This was the handiwork of the devil. But I can even use what the devil meant for harm. I can actually use this for good. Okay. Trying to be spirit-led in all these things. This was not even any of my sermons, but this was something I came across uh, this week. Um, I heard this testimony of a pastor uh, who was not a very Pentecostal pastor, and he's telling about when he got saved in college. And he was only a few months old in the Lord. And... Um, he just was radically converted, right? Drugs, everything going wrong in his life, everything he could be doing wrong, he was doing wrong. And he was, um, at the second university, he was living in, in um, some apartments near the university. He got saved. Um, his roommate got saved. Great, they're, and then now he's bold. Like, let's go do things. And so he said, you know what? Let's find the most wicked horrible person in our apartment complex, and let's go share the love of Jesus with him. And so there was a guy that w- came out of the psych ward and had all kinds of, was on medication. He was actually a, a vet and had, um, am I saying it right? PSD? Is that what it's called? Post- PSD. PS- yeah, that one. The one you're saying, that one. Um, anyways, he had all kinds of things. And so anytime he ever saw him in the apartment complex in the elevator together, he would say things to this guy, and the guy never said one word of his mouth. It was only a grunt. <clears throat> That's all he would ever do. That's the only interaction he had with this guy. And so he told his roommate, hey, let's go share the love of Jesus with this guy. And his roommate's like, heck no, not that guy. I'm not going with you. And so he had to go by himself, only a few months old in the Lord, knocks on the guy's door. He opens the door, and the guy goes, right, grunts at him. And he says, hey, I just want to share something with you. Can I come inside? I I have have something good I want to share with you. And so the guy slams the door in his face. He's like, oh, okay, maybe not. But then he heard the chain unlatch. He was closing the door so he could undo the chain, open the door, The guy let him in, and as he comes into the guy's apartment, it's full of demonic stuff all hanging on the wall, skeletons, satanic worship stuff. He can smell drugs that he's never even, the guy came out of drugs, right? The guy that's going to share the gospel, he'd done all these drugs. He's like, man, I was smelling drugs I'd never even smelled before. There was stuff cooking on the stove. Like, it was, talk about evil. It was the epitome of evil. And he could feel it. Only a few months old, Lord. Again, not Pentecostal. Walks in. And he's like, wow, okay, i got to share Jesus with this guy. And um, he hears the guy start saying his first few words. And he's talking to somebody that's in the room that's not physically in the room. He's like, oh. Okay, hey, can I talk to you? You know, and so finally says, Well let's pray. And he gets the guy to actually start praying with him. And he holds his hands and the guy starts praying. He says, Well repeat after me. You know, starts doing the repetitive prayer and then he says, say Jesus is Lord. And the guy says, Jesus is and then the grunting gets louder. Jesus is, Ugh, right? He goes, and it was the loudest, ungodliest thing he's ever heard in his life, right? The guy begins to squeeze his hands really hard, and he's manifesting, right? Demonic stuff is happening. Growling and all kinds of stuff. The, you know, this new believer, a few months in the Lord, is like, I don't know what's going on. He had no context for any of this. But he just starts saying, well, Jesus, you've got to do something. Jesus, Jesus. And he's trying to get his hands back away from the guy. He can't get his hands out. And so he's like, oh, what do I do? And finally he gets one hand out. And he says, in the midst of this, he, again, not Pentecostal, he began praying in tongues. That He got the gift of tongues right there in that moment. Probably because he was just peeing his pants, right? Like, ah! right? And so just things were coming out of his mouth. And so as he's doing that, he gets one hand free, and he says, I can't believe I did it. He says, I, it was the Holy Spirit, because there's no way in my right mind I would do it. The guy is just, you know, growling, yelling, all these things. And he gets one hand free, and he slapped the man. He slapped him and said, in the name of Jesus, you're free. And as he slapped him, the guy goes, and his eyes rolled back, and he could see again. And the guy said, what just happened? And so this new believer is like, I don't know, but let's finish the prayer before we find out. You know, just say it, Jesus is Lord, say it, you know, Jesus is Lord. The guy gets radically converted, right? He has a Bible study in this guy's house, uh, in his apartment. The guy over the years gets married, has kids, is now in ministry. God does this incredible work. Why am I sharing this story? Because I feel like that's what God wants to do. He wants to find the most evil, dark, horrible, wicked thing that would cause us to be afraid. And say, you know what? Let's not be afraid. We've called to arise and shine, right? Deep darkness will cover the earth, cover the people. I feel like sometimes we look at the world scenes, we listen to the news, we hear all these things going on in the world. And we get so impressed with what the enemy is doing in the world. And I'm saying, it's time to stop being impressed with the devil, and let's be impressed with the power of Jesus Christ. Let's be bold. I'm not trying to say we should all be Pentecostal or all these. I'm just saying, let's be bold in evangelizing. Let's be bold in sharing our faith. As Jen was praying, I was saying, yes, I am believing that there's something going to shift and change. We've done family fall festivals before. We've done that before. But I'm believing this is going to be a different season a different night. This is going to be something where I am believing people are going to get saved. People are going to get delivered. People are going to get healed. That I didn't even get to the history. Let me tell you some of the history of Halloween. Before, I said 1,200 years ago, the Pope said, let's make an All Saints Day. Because what happened before that, there was, do you say Celtic or Celtic? Yes, I don't know. Uh, one of those. And, and Celtic-Celtic tradition, way back before 1,200 years ago, there was all kinds of demonic, devil worship, uh, occult-type things going on. And so um, they, they literally prayed to demons, manifestation of things, uh, prayed to people that had died before, all the different things that were wicked going on. So the Pope said, let's redeem this, right? But the idea is what they believed, these Celtics-Celtics, they believed that on this one day, it was actually a day that the separation or the barrier between the natural and the supernatural was broken. And that demonic uh, demons could have free reign. That th- those that had died, ghosts, could come back to life and haunt people and, and travel. and dwell. So they believed that there was a barrier broken on this one day where the natural and supernatural just kind of mixed. I'm saying, almost in a sense, hear me, amen to that. Let's make it a day where the supernatural and natural, it's a day where things are broken. Amen. It's a day where we are living under an open heaven. Where angels are free to ascend and descend and come back and forth and do whatever they want, that, man, all of what Jesus experienced under an open heaven, you and I can experience under an open heaven. That we become bold, that you see all these witches and I don't know, I didn't know all the I had never studied all the occult stuff. I don't even know the names for all these things, right? Warlocks and all these weird things. I don't even know. They feel like it's their highest holy day. And I'm saying, oh my goodness, I thought about when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Have you guys seen um? C.S. Lewis, the Chronicles of Narnia, right, when Aslan is, like, tied down, and they end up killing Aslan, and it's like all these demonic creatures are all around. Um, It was a dark day, right, when Jesus was crucified. It was like the devil was winning. Everything was going his way. Actually, that became the greatest day in history. It was all turned on its head. It wasn't the enemy getting his way. It was actually Jesus using the devil as a pawn, and say, no, this is where I defeated you, and death, and sin, and the grave, and it's all dealt with. So that, to me, I'm saying, the highest of evil holy days, I'm saying, no, it's going to be the highest of God-honoring holy saint days, where we become even more bold, where we're saying, yes, the veil has been torn, right? That he has rendered the heavens, he has come down, and we're going to be bold. I'm going to believe for the supernatural today. I'm saying, let's go for it. Let's just be incredible. If if witches and warlocks are saying they have this increased boldness today, I'm saying that we should be twice as bold. I I, I just, I love this. I love that what the enemy meant for evil, you and I, we're not waiting for God to do it. You and I, we are already called to make it a God-honoring day. It's on the wall, right? The gates of hell will not prevail against who? The The church. You and me. The gates of hell, it might prevail against the ungodly, but not against you and I. As Nick was saying during worship, we're under the blood. We're covered. We are saints. What it means to be a saint, right, is you are saved. I know in the Catholic tradition, right, they have saints and they even pray to saints. We don't believe that. I don't pray to a saint. You and I, we are saints. I'm not praying to you to help me. Don't pray for me to help you. Pray for God to help us, right? But the idea is that you and I, we are saints, we're set apart. We are holy. We are not of this world. We are aliens, right? Um, I just, I got to talk to some high schoolers earlier this week, and uh, I was reminding them. I said, you know, you and I, we are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're actually spiritual beings having a physical experience. That's what we're doing today. Today is a spiritual day. So let's make it as spiritual as possible. Let's be bold. And I, I really am. I, maybe this isn't full-blown wisdom, but we've had, over the last few months, if you've been here, we've had some demonic people come onto our property. We've had people s- steal some stuff that were under the influence. We've had people show up, try to go up to services, come into our building when they were possessed and manifesting, right? And I'm saying, you know what? Tonight would be the night for some of those guys to show up because they are going to be so ready and prepared in an army of saints here that like there is no, no battle whatsoever. It's like, Please, are you kidding me? One demon comes on this place, there's all these saints and all the angels are here. It's like, man, you came to the right place, right? It's like the the demoniac that had legion inside of him. A whole legion, yeah, but at Jesus' feet, no contest, I'm believing in a sense I just told my daughter during worship and we were greeting each other. I said, I got the visual image. She's going to dress up as a, one of her costumes is going to be from Monsters, Inc. And I was thinking about if you, again, my brain always thinks movies. So you're stuck with a pastor thinks about movies. But I thought about that movie Monster, Inc. And that little girl in the whole movie, she's afraid. And that's how they get their power. The monsters get their power if they can get a kid to scream and be afraid. But the movie changes. Towards the end of the movie, this little, tiny, little girl says, I'm not afraid anymore. And she stomps on, is it Randall or whatever that ugly-looking lizard uh, monster is? She stomps on his feet and, you know, sticks out her tongue and, I'm not afraid anymore, right? And I feel like that's kind of a shift of what God is wanting to do, that today is a prophetic act of us saying, I'm not afraid anymore. And that we're just going to say, you know what? We're moving forward, and I, I love that the movie ends, that it's laughter, right? That it's the joy of the Lord that actually causes strength, and it causes the city to be powered by the laughter of kids. I'm saying that there's going to be so much laughter, so much joy, so much fun from kids today that, oh, my goodness, if some demon-possessed person came on our property, it's no contest. That my, my little kids would be able to say, oh, please, it's just a demon-possessed guy, like, no contest, Okay, you're stuck with stories. I was thinking about this. That's partly what I want to do today is I want to put courage inside of you. I want to encourage you, right? So that definition, encourage, means I'm putting courage inside of you. And I was thinking about how I've had to do that for my own kids. When they were really, really little, two, three years old, right, and they started having bad dreams or they just started having this thought life where they'd be in bed at night, right? <gasps> Dad, I'm scared. There's a boogeyman under my bed or in the closet, right? They started getting scared of things. As a dad, it was in my heart, you know, what did I do when my kids were afraid? What did I do? The first thing I did is I came into the room and I comforted them. I came and I climbed in their bed and I hugged them and I gave them a big squeeze. Daddy's here. I'm here to comfort you. If I still did that with my 15-year-old, there'd be a problem, right? (laughs) I should not be coming to my 15-year-old's bed and hugging him and cuddling. Oh, it's okay, Benjamin. You're okay. Right? Because the idea is at some point I've got to move beyond just encouraging by comforting, I've got to actually put courage inside of them. I've got to give them tools to equip them to say, no, you actually you don't have to be afraid. So get this, as a two-year-old, it probably wouldn't do any good to tell them as a pastor, well, let me explain to you two-year-old, fear is actually false evidence appearing real. And it's really just in your brain, it's these chemicals going on, and let me tell it would do no good. They just needed a dad to hug them and hold them. But as they matured and got older, I was able to pray with them and say, repeat after me. Say the name of Jesus, right? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, right? Those veggie tales, right? God is bigger than the boogeyman, right? All these things, but I had to give them tools so at some point it's not dad just coming to the rescue. They knew how to be courageous and strong themselves. And I feel like that's what the Lord is wanting us to do, that today is not just about Halloween and just about today. It's this, God is saying, this is a prophetic act, What we're doing today, it's going to propel us into our future. And I mean your personal individual future, but also the church, our identity. God is changing the identity of his church. As Nick said during worship, he's coming back for a beautiful, radiant bride. Radiant means shining, right? Arising and shining. There's darkness in there, but I'm going to shine, right? That we... I love the little kid song, but we're going to move past this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? Those are great words. Don't let Satan it out, right? We should sing those songs. But there should be a holy boldness that gets beyond just singing cute little kid songs and that we're able to, everywhere we go, crush the deeds of darkness. I love that today is a day where we are beating up on the devil in a serious way and at the same way, practically getting on a kid's level, serving little kids, dressing up to make them laugh, playing with them, interacting, letting them throw a ball and doing all the hard work to put everything back up and hand the ball and let them throw it again. Like It's work, but we're serving little kids. I love that it's both that we are to be bold and brash and be these strong warriors at the same time, meek and humble and servant-hearted. That's what undoes the enemy. Yeah. He loves when we're full of pride, we're arrogant. He doesn't care which side. You either be completely fearful or be full of pride, right? He doesn't care, as long as you're one or the other. And I'm saying, no, can we learn, man, sharing in the prayer time. Can we learn how to serve with the heart of a king, yeah. but actually rule with the heart of a servant? Does that make sense? Yes. That even tonight, when we serve kids, it's not that we just become a doormat and the kids get to pull our hair and treat us horribly, right? It's not that we're just being nobodies. We are a king serving these kids. But at the same time, in my acts of service and my laying my life down and treating a five-year-old better than my as a pastor, I'm treating a five-year-old better. Yes, I am. I'm not letting go of my authority. I'm not getting go of my identity, of who I am, right? Some of this identity was coming out this morning. We're a child of God. All of who we are, we need to know who we are, that we've been chosen, that we've been bought with a price. All these things, at the same time, we can serve like Jesus. Can we marry those two ideas together? That we're so full of boldness and authority and power, and yet serving. Jesus modeled it beautifully. I, I know that was a message one of my first messages first year I was here, that Jesus was the most humble man to ever walk the earth, but Jesus was also the most powerful man to ever walk the earth. That's how I want to be like him. I want to become more humble, but I also I don't want to stop becoming more powerful. And I feel like today again, there's just such a divine opportunity for us to be both, to be humble and powerful. Good stuff. All right, let me look at some of my messages I have in here. See if I have a sermon to give you guys. If I didn't already give you one. Um, all right, really quick. So part of this idea, so two ideas uh, in the history is that the history of Halloween is. This idea that there's a barrier broken between the natural and the supernatural. Okay, we talked about that. But also the idea, as I said, 1,200 years ago, the Pope said, let's redeem this. Let's make it an All Saints Day. The idea is that we are to encourage one another. The idea that the Pope had was to honor the saints that had gone before. I'm saying let's not just honor the saints that have gone before. Let's honor the saints that are here with us right now. Let's honor. I love this term. I heard this term several years ago, and I love it. Let's honor the pre-Christians that are going to come onto our campus. I love that word. I love that term pre-Christians. They're not unbelievers. They're not unsaved. They're not ungodly. They're just (laughs) pre-Christians. I mean, they were born to be Christians. They're just not there yet. And so it's our job just to help them get to where they're supposed to be, right? So they're pre-Christians. Let's honor the saints. Maybe they're pre-saints. So this idea of encouraging, I love what happened this last Wednesday night. There was some encouraging. There was some building up this last Wednesday. If If you didn't catch... Last Wednesday night was our first time to not live stream our services, and we're not going to do that for this season. We're going to stop live streaming our Wednesday night services. So I encourage you coming out, and this is actually on purpose to make you a little bit jealous to be here. Um, there was just incredible, I don't know how to say it, ministry, the Holy Spirit moving. It was good because it wasn't just the pastor preaching to you guys. It was actually the body of Christ ministering to each other. And it was so good. You could see people were being encouraged as they were giving an encouraging word. They were being built up. And I love that. I love seeing the body of Christ being built up as they were doing that. And so um, this idea of encouraging each other, building each other up, um, I want to transition a little bit into that. That we are to honor every single kid that comes on our property. I want them treated like gold, right? Like we talk about in uh, our week of VBS, that when they come in here, I want them to think this is better than Disneyland. Same thing for tonight. That's the attitude and mindset I want. I want us to treat one another as we're preparing, as we're setting things up. I've been one of those before where I'm busy on something and something doesn't go my wrong way. And then you're trying to help me and you're actually doing the wrong thing, making it worse for me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, and I get mad with somebody. I'm saying, can we learn how to love one another, encourage one another? Um, all right. Really quick, I'm going to read a verse to you. First um, Thessalonians, Thessalonians 3. We'll do two two through three. This idea that Paul sent Timothy, and he says this in New Living Translation. We sent him, or Timothy, to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you are going through. That's what I feel like as, I'm not saying I'm Apostle Paul, but I'm saying as your leader, I'm sending you as Timothys. I'm sending you out to strengthen and encourage others so that when they go through difficult times, their faith will not be shaken. I would love for us to be so strengthened, so encouraged that we actually have to, we don't have to encourage each other in here very much because we're all strengthened. We're looking for people that need to be encouraged. I'm praying that we all become Timothys. Really quick, later on in that same chapter, at the very end, in verse 12 through 13, in the Amplified, it says this. May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another. And for all the people, so that he may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame in holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I have a whole sermon for that. I don't got time for it. But I love the idea that he says, I want your love for each other to increase, right? To excel and to overflow. Increase. I am believing that where we're at, I know I'm talking about Halloween and that we're going to be bold and brash. I feel that we're also in a season that the love that I have for you, as you just saw, that you guys gave me a love gift, the pastors you appreciated this morning. There is, I'm going to say, an increasing of our love for one another, our value for one another. I've always loved you guys, but I'm sensing the Lord is, it says, may God cause you to increase in your love. That it's above and beyond me just trying to like you guys. It's actually the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that's coming out. The love of God is being poured in me and in you. And we are actually loving each other with greater affection. I'm telling you, that's part of what happened on Wednesday night. There were some hugs that were given that they were God hugs, as Pastor Greg said. Love, genuine love from God physically manifesting through us to somebody else oh, I see an increase in that. I love excel because it doesn't mean just a small increase. Excel means like rapid growth, like exponentially, like not just one small step, but this huge increase of our love for one another. And then this overflow. And I love that it says for each other. And then it says for all the people, that it starts in here, right? God's word says that they will know us. They will know that we are Christians. We will know that his followers, his disciples, by our love for one another that our light would shine before men, that they would see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So I'd love to kind of transition the the end of the service, the idea of loving one another, encouraging one another, honoring one another. As you guys honored your pastor this morning, pastors, in this Pastor's Appreciation Month, we actually have a a gift this morning. Uh, We have a police officer with us this morning. Um, (laughs) Officer Smith, if you want to come on up. Um, It's just been a, a, a blessing To be able to partner with our local police um, force, our mission division, Um, I've been invited to join some of the clergy council meetings and just join them in um, hearing what's going on in our community, and we said, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to have a police officer that actually serves in our area come to our sanctuary so that we can also thank him, but also that he can just get to know us, we can get to know him, so the idea is that he's, I'm going to give him a mic in just a second, and he'll be able to share whatever else Is on his heart I think there's a toy drive coming up you can share about that Um, but I would love he's stuck here he's stuck in our house so he's gonna be stuck being loved on and prayed over whether he knows that or not giving you that